Hi, Jill. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Here we are again talking about English and, and uh, language and language learning. Um, one subject that came up, and it was brought up in an email we received from one of our learners, mm -hmm. is the concept of interlanguage. Now, this particular learner is uh, taking a course in language teaching mm -hmm. at a university, and uh, she is required to uh, uh, find some arguments, arguments on this whole issue of, of this term, interlanguage. Now, one of my, and I think our philosophies here is at, at The Linguist, is that, that everything that we do uh, and any ideas we talk about should relate to things that will help the learner. Mm -hmm. One of my pet peeves, now here's an expression, pet peeves, right? One of the axes that I regularly grind, <laughs> okay, grinding an axe. One of my pet peeves is that so much of uh, the discussion in linguistics and language teaching uh, is about subjects that are very interesting to the teacher, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. but are quite irrelevant. Mm -hmm. There's another term, irrelevant, of no use. Uh, and have rel relatively little meaning for the student. Now, interlanguage, in my opinion, is one of these terms. And interlanguage refers to the language, theoretically, that someone speaks before they achieve fluency in the language. So, theoretically, you start off not being able to speak, you know, Swahili. <laughs> And then during the period that you're trying to learn Swahili, you are not quite speaking Swahili. You are speaking an interlanguage. And then at some magic point, you master Swahili. Mm. So this is my understanding of what interlanguage mm. is. And the other term that was raised by this learner was the term fossilized, where they talk about people who never, say, their, their usage of, of words and phrases never improves past a certain point or their pronunciation never improves past a certain point. Mm -hmm. So they reach a certain level and they freeze. In other words, they are fossilized mm -hmm. from the word fossil, which is, you know, skeletons that we find, or not necessarily skeletons, but imprints of... Remains. Remains of remains ancient, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, life on this planet. So the idea is that somehow your language fossilizes, you become like a fossil. Well, I think both of these concepts are not at all useful to the learner. And so I'd like to talk a bit about the process of language learning. Now, you speak, obviously, English, which is your native language, mm -hmm. and you have studied both French and Spanish. Mm -hmm. That's and, right. And what would you, how would you say, what are your level, what is your level in French, what is your level in Spanish? Oh, my level in French is, I would say, probably at this point about intermediate, mm -hmm. intermediate level. Mm -hmm. um, I can read a lot of French and understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, I can read it and understand it much better than I can speak it now or mm -hmm. write it because it's been so long since mm -hmm. I've done those activities. Mm -hmm. um, Spanish, uh, you know, I, I can read some short emails and understand Mm -hmm. what they're saying, but mm -hmm. I really, short of a few, you know, simple sentences, I really can't speak it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say, I mean, I'm a beginner for sure mm -hmm. with Spanish. Uh, now with your French, like I've, I've heard you say some things in French, and you mm -hmm. have quite a large vocabulary mm -hmm. in French, and of course you rarely have an opportunity mm -hmm. to use it, mm -hmm. but probably you have a sufficient base that if you were all of a sudden put into a situation mm -hmm. where you had to use it, within a few days you would yeah. be able to yeah, operate. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. when I when I was in France a few years ago, 
that was the case, I I kind of wanted to practice a, practice a little bit. So I I you know of course did feel sort of self conscious conscious and shy, which I think a lot of people feel when mm-hmm. it's not their native language. So I did try speaking, but um, I did have many experiences where I would speak in French and they would just speak in English back to me. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't work that well. I didn't get much practice. Mm-hmm. And since mm-hmm. then, I really haven't spoken any French. You know, that's an interesting point, too. Uh, people can be easily discouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're trying your best to speak mm-hmm. French, and the other person decides that they're going to speak English to you instead. Well, and quite frankly, in France, my French was better than a lot of their English. Mm-hmm. So it was more difficult for me to try to to understand their broken English than mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have been if they had just been right. willing to accept my imperfect pronunciation and whatever. Right. So, at any rate, there we are. You're in France. You're speaking uh, with some French people. You're trying mm-hmm. to speak French. They're coming back to you mm-hmm. in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of you are less than totally fluent, mm-hmm. uh, less than totally fluent in each other's language. Right. Now, that is kind of what the term interlanguage is supposed to refer to, that you are not quite yet at this level of fluency. Mm-hmm. The, the problem I have with that is, with the concept, is that I believe a person can be fluent and not perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's a magic point where you all of a sudden master the language. And I like to feel, even when I'm at a beginner level in Russian, which I'm studying now, I'm speaking Russian. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking interlanguage. I'm speaking Russian. I'm listening to Russian. I'm reading. In fact, most of my activities are input activities. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to interlanguage. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You're listening read- to the real language. I'm listening to Russian. And even though your your language, your your vocabulary may be limited, mm-hmm. what you are, the words you are speaking are still Russian. Right. It's not some other language. It no. might not be perfect Russian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mark Mark and I were actually talking about th- that this morning for a minute, and he said, it's just like children when they're learning to speak. Children can't speak their native language perfectly at first. Mm-hmm. They speak, you know, two words, one word, two mm-hmm. words, three words, and it gets better. Their vocabulary increases, and we don't call that interlanguage. No. They're learning now the 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 linguists here would argue that uh, they call it interlanguage because your native language is influencing, influencing right. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But to some extent, yes. But to this to a far greater degree, like this morning, I was trying to speak Russian with our Russian programmer Mike here, and I was trying to remember Russian phrases. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to remember English phrases or trying to translate English phrases. I was looking for Russian phrases that I've been listening to, and I was hitting some of them right and some of them wrong, mm-hmm. and I was getting, uh, you know, I was taking a stab at, you know, just just hoping that I got the endings right, Mm -hmm. because as you know, when I study, I don't study the grammar, but I do uh, listen over and over to texts, to to audio content, and so I have a sense of of roughly what those phrases should sound like, Mm -hmm. quite a lot of them, and I just, you know, say them. And I get some, them. and I get I get some right, and I get some mm-hmm. wrong. But I don't consider that to be interlanguage. And and I know people who are absolutely fluent in English. Uh, you know, for example, I have a very good uh, friend, a Swedish supplier, who speaks I mean flawless English. And yet there are certain uh, expressions that he will not quite say the right way. Mm-hmm. Now you could argue that that is because of the influence of Swedish mm-hmm. on him, but that's his that's his English. It's English. So in other words. To me, yeah, you can describe, you can you can have a special word for people who always tie the right foot 
tie the shoelaces on the right foot first and have another term for people who tie the shoelaces on their uh, left foot first and one called is one's called the right lacist mm. and the other's called the left lacist <laughs> you know but like so what it you know? seems that we uh, or many people have the need to sort of categorize yeah. people and why do we necessarily have to fit into a category well, that's right. And so I think the inter, the the, uh, the term inter, interlanguage doesn't do much. And the same with the term fossilized. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was 16, 17, 17, I guess, I was hitchhiking home from university, which I used to do daily. Like, people don't do that anymore. But in those days, that was quite standard. And there was this fellow, an Italian guy, recent immigrant, uh, construction worker. Then I started talking to him. And we became friends, and, and we hitchhiked uh, you know, home together that day, and then I said, I'll help you with your English. And, uh, I mean, he, he could not say small. And I was trying to get him to say small, and he would say, jmal. <laughs> he was from southern Italy. So I would say, s, go like this. i say, go s, go s, and he would go s, and then i say, go small. And he would go, s, jmal. Like, I he just couldn't get him. <laughs> To uh, you know, to uh, to say it properly. Now, is that interlanguage? I mean, he's nowhere. He hasn't even started. Uh, yeah, there are certain things that take a while to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, there is that whole process, and and uh, I mean, uh, the way I see it is, you know, here you are with your French. Um, number one, you have to believe that you can go from being an intermediate French speaker, probably intermediate reader, listener, and maybe lower intermediate speaker mm -hmm, today, because mm -hmm, you haven't used it, mm -hmm. you have to believe that you can get to be fluent. Mm -hmm. And that making mistakes here and there, the odd English word or turn of phrase that slips in there is not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to believe that you can do it. And I think that's that's very, very important, that that, that process of change, and even the so-called fossilization, to the extent that people are fossilized, I think it's because we force them to speak too early, too early and we put too much pressure on them and if you were going to go off to France mm -hmm. I would recommend that you do a lot of listening mm -hmm. uh, challenge yourself some easy stuff but also some more difficult stuff a lot of reading you'll have all these words bouncing around in your head and then when you speak to people, even if they come back at you in English, you go back at them in French. Mm, yes. And I think that's a big thing is um, just confidence. You have to have confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm even if you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that was my problem and probably a lot of people's problem is mm -hmm. when I was there, I was already sort of unsure of myself. Mm -hmm. And then to have people come back in English just made me think, okay, well, clearly they can't even understand me or right. something. So so then I just felt stupid. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then I really didn't want to speak French anymore. Right. So, so therefore, telling a person you are speaking interlanguage, or even for the teachers to, to tell each other that they're speaking, these students are speaking interlanguage, I don't think it's very helpful. And to talk about fossilization is not very helpful. Uh, I think if a person wants to improve, wants to change, we're always mm -hmm. talking about change, mm -hmm. change their pronunciation, change their use of words and phrases, they can. And it's a gradual, it's a continuum from yeah. when you start. And no matter how good you are, you can continue to improve. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no magic point where you start speaking interlanguage and some point where you become fossilized unless you want to. Mm -hmm. Unle and and uh, yeah, I know people like that. They've basically stopped improving. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't think they can improve. They probably don't invest the time in That's listening right. and reading. 
Uh, they don't believe in themselves. They can't visualize themselves. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't improve. It's that they're choosing not to improve. Well, that's that's kind of my feeling. So, I don't know if this discussion, which is is not very um, academic, I don't know if it's helpful to our learner. But we at the linguist uh, have very little patience <laughs> for most of these linguistics terms. We think that learning a language is actually a very simple idea. It depends not on linguists, not on teachers. It depends on the the students themselves. And as I said in one of my podcasts, they got to do things that they can control. You can't always talk to people. Like you were in France, you wanted to talk to people that didn't want to talk to you. They wanted to practice their English, they didn't want to talk to you in French. Mm -hmm. Or you could be in a situation where you're with a bunch of French people and they're all speaking very quickly and they don't want to take the time to talk to you. You're a nuisance. You know, mm-hmm. every so often they smile at you and yeah. say, would you like another beer? Okay, now leave us alone because we want to talk in our language. Right. And we've all been in those situations where we are the fifth wheel mm-hmm. on the carriage, mm-hmm. as we say. Uh, and we can't control that. We can't control it. Some people are going to be very patient and speak to us in the language that we're trying to learn. But we're also very often going to be in situations where we're basically a nuisance. That's right. And you can't control that. But what you can control is your listening activities, your reading activities, your vocabulary accumulation activities. All of these things you can control. So spend time on things that you can control and believe yourself. Believe in yourself. And do the things that you can control. And don't worry about what uh, people call you interlanguage, mm-hmm. fossilized, or people answer you in English when you're speaking French. Those things you can't control. Don't even let them worry, you know, bother you. And that's the thing. I think I think labeling people and saying, okay, you're at this stage or you're at that, you know, you're at a, you're fossilized or however you'd say mm-hmm. it, or you're at the interlanguage stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that actually is very encouraging. No. I, I think that it's more encouraging just to say, okay, you know, you started here. Now you're here. Mm-hmm. And you can still get to here and you can continue to improve exactly mm-hmm. and so to to say you know well you're you're fossilized mm-hmm. you're, you're stuck there that's kind of well gee thanks then why am i going to bother anymore well and of course part of the problem then comes back to this whole motivation issue mm-hmm. if the person is fossilized something has demotivated them that's right they have either been persuaded that they can't speak or this is good enough and mm-hmm. they needn't speak any better mm-hmm. or maybe they had some uh, experiences like you had where every time they tried to speak the language the the other people would speak back to them in English mm-hmm. or or whatever so there's obviously okay call it fossilized cause it call it they've stopped improving but the issue there is motivation mm-hmm. there's nothing sort of intrinsic to the process of language learning mm-hmm. Uh, that says that for a while you will speak interlanguage or for a while you will be fossil fossilized no Everyone can, with the proper motivation and doing some very simple exercises like we do at The Linguist, can continue to improve. Right. I think we've beaten that subject to death. I think so. All right. (laughs) Let us stop here. Thank you. Thank you.